0: of sportsnet today it is logan gordon along with you coming at you live from the doug lacy's basement systems downtown studios here in calgary alberta for doug lacy's basement systems cracked foundation boeing foundation walls we have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation contact basement systems they're all things basementy visit dlbasementsystems.com alongside my outstanding producers cam and taylor on this tuesday welcome taylor back from her little vacation in toronto shan's along with us we got an intern in the building hi, Tay. hi logan how's toronto it was a lot of fun awesome we got a busy show for you obviously we will continue talking about the news of the day yesterday which was the Calgary Flames hiring Ryan Huska as the 24th head coach in franchise history? We'll uh, get you some introductory press conference thoughts, get some of your thoughts on the text line, but we'll also dive into it with Darren Haynes from The Athletic, who covers the Calgary Flames uh, coming up later this hour. Also, coming up in hour two. Some CFL reaction, week one in the books, an 0 one start for the Calgary Stampeders. They are set to take on the Ottawa Redblacks Thursday night in our nation's capital. But news around the league, we'll dive into it with our pal John Hodge from 3 Down Nation. And Tuesday means a WPCA report coming up in hour two as well. So thanks for sticking along. Uh, we got lots to get to, including news uh, today from the head of the Stanley Cup final, game number five. Florida Panthers, and the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights looking to secure their first ever Stanley Cup victory tonight. We'll hear from head coach Paul Maurice, Captain Alexander Barkoff from the Panthers, uh, get some injury updates on what sounds like a very banged up Florida team heading into game number five. But we start uh, where we started yesterday and where most of the conversation was around the Calgary Flames, and that is with Ryan Huska. And uh now twenty-four hours out from the announcement that he would be this team's next head coach. Like I said, we'll get more into this with Darren Haynes coming up a little bit later on in this hour. But busy day yesterday. Didn't have a lot of time to uh to chat with uh you here on SportsNet today, so good time to, to do it now and just some reaction. You can react nine six zero nine six zero the fan feedback line. Always open to you. We'll get to the text line as the day goes on. But What did you see? What did you hear? What did you like? What didn't you like? If there was anything from that introductory press conference with Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska. As I said yesterday, we were getting ready for the press conference. It's been trending this way for quite some time. If you listen to Elliot Friedman, Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk, really since about Wednesday or Thursday of last week, it really felt like Ryan Huska was taking over as this team's favorite to be the next head coach go through the weekend and Monday, it's made official. So what did we hear from Ryan Husky yesterday? What did we hear from Craig Conroy? Well, first and foremost, we heard who the four finalists were. We had an idea there were four finalists, that Mitch Love was one of those guys alongside Ryan Husky. So why was it Ryan Husky instead of Mitch Love? Well, coaching experience at the NHL level to me was what I heard from Craig Conroy as the major deciding factor between those two that five years on an NHL bench underneath Daryl Sutter, underneath Jeff Ward, underneath Bill Peters gave Ryan Huska a level of experience that Mitch love doesn't have. Craig Conway was very complimentary of Mitch love and the thought process and the belief that Mitch has in himself, that he is going to be an NHL coach one day. And I, I do fully believe that, but, for Craig and he mentioned this yesterday as a first time GM in this league he felt more comfortable going with a guy that's got NHL experience and has you know walked this line before he's been an assistant coach and transitioned to a head coach in an organization before he's you know gone through the media process he's been in the buildings he's done all the things that you would want as an assistant coach over the last 5 years and that to me sounded like the main difference between Ryan Huska And Mitch Love. What happens next for Mitch Love? Craig did confirm yesterday that he will be interviewing for a spot on Ryan Huska's staff. That'll be something that Brian and Craig work for together collaboratively to try to figure out who the staff is going to be for Ryan Huska. It's something he said he'd like to get done sooner than later. He wants to start planning this out, get the season going, get plans ready for what training camp is going to look like for this group. And, you know, start planning out what he needs from his assistant coaches, maybe an associate coach. And uh, Mitch Love has obviously, being a finalist for this job, earned himself the opportunity to be in the conversation uh, at the NHL level as an assistant under Ryan Huska. Will he take that opportunity? We don't know. We heard from NHL insiders like Frank Saravalli yesterday saying that he's going to explore all of his options. Still technically under contract with the Calgary Flames, but as you've heard from many people, organizations generally don't get in the way of guys at the coaching level trying to um, get a promotion elsewhere. So if if Mitch was to be offered an assistant coaching job somewhere else in the league, or maybe there's a head coaching job out there that we don't know about currently. Um, as of right now, it sounds as though those are all full uh, with the hiring of Peter Laviolette, made official by the New York Rangers today. But maybe there's an assistant spot out there that makes sense for him. Uh, I wouldn't expect the Flames to stand in his way if he felt there was a better opportunity for him in another organization. So Ryan Husker, what did we hear from him yesterday? Well, we heard a lot of different things. We heard that he liked a lot of what this team was able to accomplish last year. He likes the challenge of going in and the fact that he knows so many of these guys he feels is a massive advantage for him coming in. He doesn't feel that... There needs to be massive changes when it comes to what this team does on the ice. Craig's talked about it. Ryan's talked about it. Yes, offensively, they need to get more creative. Obviously, that was a major stepping challenge for this team last year. The power play needs to be better. Those are things that are going to be addressed. But there were good aspects of this team. They finished two points short of a playoff spot. This wasn't a clear the board off in front of everything that they do. This was tweaking what they do to make them more successful giving up you know, high danger chances, clearing up some of their defensive zone exits. Those are the sort of things that we heard Ryan talk about yesterday, whether it was at the introductory press conference or in his exclusive one-on-one with Pat Steinberg uh, on Flamestock, which you can get wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So familiarity, relationships, being a good communicator, making sure that everyone who is there understands what role they have, being clear about that. I think Ryan Huska, while... It might have seemed last year was, you know, sort of the the in-between between player and, and, and head coach. I, I don't think Ryan Huska's maybe the the player's only coach or the player's favorite coach that he's sort of been made out to be. I think Ryan has a firm side to him. Uh, I think he has a, a demanding tone to him. Talk about, you know, some of the relationships he's had with guys, whether it be Rasmus Anderson, Oliver Shillington, guys that have spent time with him as when he was a head coach in Stockton, all of them talk about he's very clear with what he wants, but he's firm. He can be demanding. He can get the best out of players by pushing those buttons. So I don't know that this is the you know, player's favorite and the player side coach that everyone thinks it is. I think that the Ryan's going to be a, a good in-between, which I think you need out of an NHL head coach right now. I think you do need somebody – that can be a clear communicator with your players, that can you know, help get that message through to them, but can be demanding at times and can push those buttons uh, when he needs to. I think Ryan Huska uh, has earned this opportunity. I'm very excited. I think for Flames fans, I think you should be excited about what you heard yesterday. I think you heard a very confident man in Ryan Huska, a guy that feels like he's earned this opportunity and gone about it in the right way and now wants to, in a lot of ways like Craig Conroy, has spent his time watching and being kind of the secondary guy, and now it's his turn to go out and make some of those key decisions, and he's ready for that, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get this team to the next level. We'll uh, chat more about this coming up with uh, Darren Haynes, covers the Flames for the Canadian Press, Uh, get his impressions on the hiring from uh, the Calgary Flames yesterday. Uh, A little bit later on this hour, but we do have NHL news to get to today. It is Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final tonight, the Vegas Golden Knights. Can close out this series with the Florida Panthers in Game 5. Vegas is going to be absolutely rocking tonight as the uh, Golden Knights look to win their first Stanley Cup. On the other side, it is a banged up Florida Panthers team coming into it. A number of key players, including Matthew Kachuk, did not practice yesterday for the team, but are expected to play tonight. And as you can imagine, as we hear from Panthers head coach Paul Maurice and his game day availability a little earlier on today, uh, starting goaltenders, injury status, all of those sort of things at the forefront of media questions uh, as Paul Marie spoke to the media ahead of Game Five a little bit earlier today in Las Vegas.
1: Starting goaltender for tonight? <laughs> yeah, that's a game time decision. Um, any updates on Chucky or any? No. And just
2: coming into tonight, obviously tough Game Five. What's the is the message to the team change at all after? you know this whole series this whole
1: playoff or is it still just kind of steady as she goes well i guess we'd have to define message i mean there's a bunch of things that we think we can do better that was true of every game that we've played in the playoffs right you're always looking to get better um we've been in the i mean the message i guess is as close to game five in boston as uh, as anywhere else there is a certain focus kind of in freedom almost mentally that comes to these games that that we've got to capture it's clearly defined for us uh, what happens with the results so the key message will be you know, play the game run your routes we don't need more but it's usually a uh, a recipe for less so simplicity in our game and in that way bring as much energy to that simplicity as you can
2: Front right, David. Uh, with Matthew, do you know his status, and you're not just I do.
3: okay? Um, and you saw obviously the third period was was good for you guys last game. When you look back, were there things from that that you feel like you can really take, or was it sort of you know, like you said the third period they're playing with a lead to yeah, the lead? the game changes
1: the idea it? of the three-one lead. There's a reason for it. It's it's close enough for the. For the team that's behind their risk profile changes, you get up the ice table. SWB audio capture not there registered. Is that risk, uh, you know, they'll take all the risk out of the game. So we start from zeros.
3: Left side, third row. Sorry, Paul,
1: i got one more on me. To, uh, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I'm going to try. I feel you got a chance. Yeah. Because these guys know, yeah, but yeah. you, I think, it's, I think you're going to break me right here. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. I'm going to do my best. If he does play, is he able to do what Matthew Kachuk normally does or will you have to limit what he's capable of and use him in spots that are more you know positive for what he's able there to There would be no limit at the start of the game But that would be true of any player that I put in that, that is dealing with something in truth like he, he, yeah there that goes back at maybe the, there's a simplicity in a for the coach too Right, I have to manage minutes for the next game. Right, I'm not. Barky's not playing 14 minutes tonight.
3: Left side third row, Greg.
1: Sort of so point of order on Kachuk. Is it a decision you've made already for tonight tonight, or is it a game time decision for a status? I just I know the answer to that question. Though if you ask me if I knew, and I do know. Okay. Well, I'm not sharing it with you. No, I understand that. But I'm not sharing so that. we all have to go back and write something. Do we call oh, yeah. it a game time decision? You don't. Or? Game time decision is a wonderful out for all of you. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it's that's when I will share the decision.
0: We'll take one more question back left, Luke.
1: Uh, Luke Fox,
2: uh, Yesterday, Anthony DeClaire was saying that what allowed uh, you guys
1: to have success coming back three-one against Boston was they played loose, played free. What when you're watching the game tonight, what will we'll tell you that that is how your team is playing?
2: What so that, signs are you looking for?
1: That's towards? the difference between talking to a f- player and talking to a coach, right? Well, we just have to make sure those words are attached to the right thing. Loose is never a... <laughs> a re- w- the Audio captured, not registered. By the weight of the situation, you know, just relaxed and as hard and as fast as you can. So. You've got to line up any advantages that you have going into a game like this, and one of them is, is that singularity of focus, and then you want to make sure you harness the energy in that, that um, there's no tension, there's, no, you're not, you know, there's nothing to save it for. That, that kind of idea, sh- you should be able to find that energy in this game. The loose is, let's say, relaxed, mentally relaxed. Physically, you won't be, but mentally to be relaxed in the game. Loose and casual seem to be so closely related in some ways. I just don't like it.
0: So That is head coach Paul Maurice of the Florida Panthers as he gets sets for tonight's matchup, trying to stave off elimination for the first time in the Stanley Cup Finals and push the series back to Florida for a game number six. It's a banged up Florida crew. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, like he says, there will be in the lineup. Uh, he Spotted usage in game number four really just tried to save up for as much as he could late in periods, including late in period number three. We'll see if that's the same case for him tonight after not practicing uh, along with a number of his Florida teammates ahead of this game five matchup. Uh, one more piece of audio to bring your way. It's from Alexander Barkov and Colin White, uh, the captain obviously of the Florida Panthers, looking for a bounce back from his team tonight as they look to game six and hopefully uh, pushing this one one more game long and trying to uh, overcoming 3-1 series deficit against the Golden Knights. Here's Alexander Barkov and Colin White doing pregame media ahead of game five.
1: Good morning, Sasha and Colin. Mike Pasquale from the Fox in Miami. Sasha, this question is for you. At, at this point, is there much more that can be said understanding the situation to try to for, at least force a game six to go back home?
3: No, I mean just think about one game at a time and that's what we've been doing whole postseason no matter what, what has been scored in the series. We don't we don't really think about that. We just come and play the game, and uh, no different today. I know we're down three-one, but uh, all we gotta do is think about how to win this game. Left side, second row, Tom.
1: Sasha Tom Gullitty, NHL.com. Does the Stanley Cup being here tonight? Does that serve as any kind of motivation? Like, let's just keep that thing in the box, or does it not get mentioned at all in your room?
3: Uh, like I said. Uh, we know the situation. It's Stanley Cup Final. We're done three-one, but all we gotta do is come here and play the game and think about that how to how to win it and one game at a time, one period at a time. Uh, all focus on that, and all the preparation goes to that. So, no matter what happens anywhere else, we all think about what happens in our locker room and what happens on the ice.
0: Alexander Barkov, captain of the Florida Panthers. Game time, 6 o'clock tonight from Las Vegas. You can catch the action on Sportsnet and CBC, or you can listen to the game right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan will be crowned a first-time Stanley Cup champion tonight in the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll uh, see what happens. Should be a great game. Looking forward to it. We'll uh, react to it tomorrow on the program. Anything else happening in the NHL world right now? Well, we can tell you the New York Rangers have their man. Peter Laviolette has been announced as the team's next head coach. Laviolette and the Capitals agreed to part ways in April after the club failed to make the playoffs for the first time since 2013 2014. He spent three seasons behind the bench in D.C., but never advanced past the first round during Laviolette's tenure. He takes over for Gerard Gallant in New York. Uh, Gallant coaching the Rangers for just two seasons, getting them to the Eastern Conference final in his first campaign behind the bench. Laviolette has 752 wins. In 1,430 games as a head coach, ranking 8th on the NHL's all-time win list. In addition to the Caps, he's been the bench boss of the Islanders, Hurricanes, Flyers, and Preds. The 58-year-old won the Stanley Cup with the Hurricanes in 06 and led the Flyers and Predators to Stanley Cup final appearances. Uh, So Peter Laviolette, the next head coach of the New York Rangers. And once Mike Babcock is official in Columbus at the end of the month, that uh, will fill all of your current NHL coaching vacancies. Uh, Patrick Sharp also added to the Philadelphia Flyers uh, front office staff. He joins the group as a special advisor to hockey operations and will uh, report directly to GM Daniel Briere. He'll be involved in all aspects of the team's hockey operations, but we'll specifically focus on player development with Flyers prospects. And the saga of the ownership of the Ottawa Senators finally comes to an end Uh, Toronto billionaire Michael Andlauer has reached an agreement to become the new majority owner of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Coming in an announcement from the team today, uh, the deal in principle worth $950 million is still pending approval from Commissioner Gary Bettman, as well as the NHL's executive board. Uh, Andlauer is a minority shareholder of the Montreal Canadiens and a member of the NHL's board of governors. He will have to sell his share in Montreal for the deal to go through. Uh, A couple of groups were uh, getting down to the wire on this. Uh, Senators went up for sale back in November. The only stipulation on this deal, Keep the Club in Ottawa, and uh, Anna and Olivia Melnick, daughters of late Sens owner Eugene Melnick, will retain a 10% stake in the team. So that's the NHL news today. We will focus back in on the Calgary Flames. Next, Darren Haynes, who covers the group for the Canadian Press, will join us around the corner. His takeaways. From yesterday's announcement of Ryan Huska as the Calgary Flames' next head coach, why does Darren think this is a right move for the Calgary Flames? What kind of difference will it be going from Daryl Sutter to Ryan Huska? We'll dive into all of that next. The Sportsnet Today continues on this Tuesday right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
2: You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: All right, welcome back to the program. It is Sportsnet Today. You're on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thanks for being along, whether live or on the podcast. The News of the day in Calgary. More reaction to the news from yesterday. Ryan Huska, the 24th head coach in Calgary Flames history. He was introduced alongside new GM Craig Conroy yesterday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and People continue today to comb through what we heard, instant reactions as always in the world that we live in, but uh, the truth will come out uh, whether this was a good hiring or not Uh, sometime in a couple of years, I'd say we'll be able to assess it, but we go through it today and we uh, talk about what this means next for the Calgary Flames, for Craig Conroy and for Ryan Huska. Uh, as we get into what should be a very interesting summer and uh, very happy right now to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline to chat uh, a little bit more about this decision with uh, Darren Haynes who covers the Calgary Flames for the Canadian Press and has uh, been on the show plenty of times. Darren, thanks for doing this today, man. How are you?
2: Thank you, Logan. How's the summer going?
0: Not too bad. It's pretty good when you have a a Monday news release every couple of weeks. It kind of jets you through a couple months in the summertime at least.
2: Yeah, it's you know, hockey stopped being a winter-only sport uh, quite a few years ago now, and you can certainly count on uh, on news sprinkled throughout the summer. But I think in this market, uh, this year is going to be pretty unique. And, um, you yeah, know, I think we're just going to keep continuing to kind of ride these big announcements and, you know, pretty soon draft, pretty soon trades, whatever, and then, heck, we'll be looking at the preseason schedule. So it's going to be a um, fun and quick summer.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I was sitting there yesterday walking in, and they're putting up stuff for Stampede in the parking lot already, and I'm going, we haven't even talked about a single-player movement yet for this group, and it already feels like it's been uh, a massive summer. And I guess that happens when you get a new head coach and you get a new GM, and uh, it was the head coach yesterday, Darren, and uh, Craig Conroy gets to make his first major hire uh what did you think of the decision i guess as we were getting down to it it sounded like a a four-man race to the end and at the end of the day he goes with uh, a similar hire to himself as an internal candidate with the organization for a while what did you make of the decision uh to go with ryan huska as this team's next head coach
2: yeah i I mean i wasn't surprised um you know uh, you know obviously conroy and huska would have worked closely together for a long time now um you know for for not just uh you know, Ryan's time in the NHL and on the Calgary bench, but being in the organization for another four years before that, uh, you know, head coaching the AHL team. So I wasn't surprised uh, that, that Conroy stuck with somebody he knows really well, but let's not make that the the reason he got hired. Ryan Huska's coaching resume all it's missing is head coach in NHL. He's been working towards this, 21 years coaching. So I think it's a very deserved opportunity. And, um, yeah, so so not surprised, but also a very deserved. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of anxious to see how it all plays
0: out. Did anything stand out uh, from what you heard from either Craig or Ryan yesterday when they were both introduced uh, to the media? Um. <laughs>
2: I had a good laugh when uh, when 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 Conroy was talking about uh, Ryan Huska's PowerPoint presentation. Where, <laughs> yeah, you know it it, it is. Uh, but but um, you know that, that I'd love to see that. Wouldn't that be great? To see, oh
0: yeah.
2: To, to be just sit down for a half hour and, and let him take us through. Um, but uh, yeah, trade secrets. We're not going to see that. But. <laughs> Um, you know, you know what 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 you sensed and, and what you found is, and this is the kind of thing why why I think Huska is a good person for this job is is he's had a really good look at what has worked and what hasn't worked in the NHL with NHL players uh, over these last five years. These are not guys trying to get to the NHL. These are guys at various stages in their career, and uh, and he's had um, you know the chance to see different head coaches try different things. And uh, so, so I, you know, I heard kind of what I expected to hear and that, and that there are things that, that he likes that he's going to continue. And, uh, you know, there's a kind of an identity that, that this club, he's not going to overhaul everything. And I don't think, I think we're foolish to expect that, but he certainly has seen some things. And, and last year there was lots to see of, of what maybe wasn't working and things he wants to approach differently. And, and he was pretty candid about what those kind of areas were. You know, you, you you got to get your star players on the ice more. You need to you know, cut down the how gratuitous some of the the turnovers were in in, for, in their own end and and create better opportunities. So so yeah no I think um, you know there's a confidence there that that these guys are going to often have and that they have to have. But but yeah no I I think he 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 came very confident um, and positive. It sounds like he's got a plan. You know, I think he checked all the boxes of, of of all you can do until it gets down to the you know the rubber meets the road in October and and we see how he actually performs. But at this point, there's nothing to to there's no reason to to believe in my eyes that that this will not work out.
0: He talked about how he feels the familiarity that he has with the group was going to be an advantage for him heading into his tenure as a head coach in the NHL. Do you see it the same way? Do you think that him knowing as much as he does about the group and about the players will only benefit him rather than having a fresh face coming into this uh with Craig Conroy as the GM now.
2: Yeah, I I think for sure. Like uh, how can how can it not, right? Like mm-hmm. you if you start up in a new workplace and that could be a coach new to an organization, that could be you or me starting at a new a new office, right? Like yeah. you it's you got to try and get the, you know, try and get to know the people around you and, and know how they roll and how they tick and what motivates them, especially if you come in as the person in charge, right? So, so that so that's a that's a big part of the learning curve is is kind of understanding that kind of currency and, and what what different players what what kind of moves them and motivates them right so he certainly will have that bringing that to this position so I think that that cuts that learning curve or that kind of relationship building curve down quite a bit now I will qualify that as saying there there is going to be the obvious challenge someone that you know and i think we've this has been discussed a lot but there's probably been especially last year more than one occasion throughout the year where he was probably regularly wearing the uh the hat of the good cop, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, kind of, you know, we, we talked, we heard about that kind of disconnect that 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 happened with the head coach, and and you know, assistant coaches are there trying to kind of calm the waters. And there's probably a lot of water calming that went on, and and being that good cop. And and obviously, when you get promoted, and again, whether that's head coach or whether you used to be a sales guy and now you're the the sales manager, same thing. When you're suddenly the guy in charge. You can't be that same guy, right? So that's going to come with a little bit of a challenge, and I think that's where some of those relationships, those pre-existing relationships, that could be a bit of a challenge. But I think him, and the same for Conroy, who's gone from an assistant to the head guy, some of those same challenges will exist for him. I think because both of those two guys are both so genuinely good people, they're both really good communicators, I think that will be less of an issue for them. And I think they should be able to kind of get to where they need to be and kind of establish that kind of respect, if you will. Um, you know, I, I think they should be able to do. It.
0: There was so much talk and you, you kind of alluded to it in your last answer there, Darren, about, you know, needing to change things up. And, and a lot of people felt that just needed to be a change in culture and the way that the head coach, you know, communicated with his players and communicated with his team as a whole and Look, that's, that's one thing that we'll, we'll talk about and discuss about Daryl Sutter's you know, second tenure with the Flames for a long time. But do you think that Ryan has a, a big job ahead of him when it comes to, to changing those things? Or are those things that you think, given the fact that he's been with the organization and we talked about you know he knows what kind of went wrong and what went right for this group, that it's something that he can change in a short period of time and, and it shouldn't be a, a major factor in what this team brings out, out of them next year?
2: Yeah, I think it should be able to come pretty quickly because let's be honest, the players should be motivated to kind of meet him in the middle. For right? sure. Like, yep. exactly. This wasn't a great experience last year. You know, you, you, um, I mean, you know, when, when, you know, Conroy talked about how he'd just go down, he, he'd be kind of looking down on the bench. He said, it doesn't look like they're having any fun. And you got, you can't hate coming to the work, coming to the office, right? You have to enjoy going to work. Right. So. So I think um, you know, like getting the players on board with with what he wants to do, um, if they see kind of the, the the benefits there, I think that should all kind of come together. I would think pretty 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 quickly, right? Like there's going to be some changes there, but I think there's motivation on both sides, um, and and if he can kind of find. Find what works, right? Like, this is the thing, right? I, I get the sense that under Daryl, it was kind of his way, and there wasn't a lot of, like, treatment that, that differed from player to player, but players are so different, right? And yeah. I think Henri, Henri that talked about, um, you know, when when Ryan Husk was in the minors and, and he was developing players. Well, you can't just have the same blueprint and just apply it to all players because what was... Going to work for Oliver Schillington and wasn't what was going to work for Rasmus Anderson, right? They de- they needed different approaches, right? And I don't I don't know if we saw that in the last couple of years. And and I think, you know, people can kind of thumb their nose at this and, and feel the players are soft or whatever. But hey, you know what? You 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 do they do they are a key. They have big. Uh, seats at the table here and so i think you need to find the way that works for each of these players to to get them to motivate them to coach them see what works for them and and really kind of how you utilize them all that needs to be kind of custom player by player and and i'm not sure we saw enough of that It, it sounds like um we'll probably see more of that
0: Uh, Of course, uh, there was talk yesterday and there always is when these sort of hirings happen about the guys that didn't get the job and the main guy, obviously here in Calgary that we've talked about a lot, Darren, was Mitch Love who's uh, been the the two-time AHL coach of the year with the Calgary Wranglers and Craig confirmed he was a finalist for the job but it felt like NHL experience was the one thing that Craig Conroy couldn't pass up on when it came to the difference between Mitch Love and Ryan Huska and that's just not it's a tough spot for a first-time GM to be, and he kind of talked about how that, you know, played a big portion for him. What did you think of of what he had to say about Mitch Love and, uh, you know, his candidacy for this job? He certainly feels like, you know, what happens next with him is still going to be an interesting storyline for this team.
2: Yeah, I think what people need to remember is is Ryan Huska getting the job doesn't mean why didn't they like Mitch Love? What was wrong with Mitch Love? You know, like. You know, this is a this is Ryan Huska is a guy who's very qualified and, and really was deserving of this next opportunity. You know, you look at what they had for for that head coaching resume, right? So so Mitch Lavits, what three years in the W H L mm. and N H L? Well, I think Huska had, not, and I'm going to throw away his assistant coaching in, in in Kelowna. He had seven years of head coach in Kelowna and then four years in the H.L. So he had 11 years versus five and that was before Ryan got to the NHL. So he's already got he's got twice the resume and now he's layered on five years of NHL experience that's not a negative that's a positive so i just feel like the the resume was was there for for huska and so you know and this team and this organization was blessed to have some really good internal choices and that's not always going to be the case right so i think they were in a really good position this year um you know any other year if you were to go back five years 10 years 15 years they they wouldn't have those those kind of riches to to choose from so in this case, yeah, you know, we'll 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 sit back and wonder, you know, what will Mitch Love turn into, and will he maybe get an opportunity here, or does he want to really be focused on on a head coach opportunity? And and if you're looking to fast track yourself to a head coach. Is an organization that just hired a head coach. You know, your best path, maybe not. So, so we'll be interested to see how that plays out. But, you know, again, this is Husky getting the job is not a knock in any way in Mitch Love, and and um, you know those guys know Mitch Love better than I. You know, they they've seen him kind of coach that team right under their nose, and I think Craig Conway knows that the caliber of coach that Mitch Love can be. He just was second in this race or top four, I guess, just to be to just to be safe because we don't know what the pecking order was. Yeah. And I guess we'll, we'll kind of sit back and, and maybe Mitch Love will become the next John Cooper. I mean, everybody's chasing that. Wouldn't no. you want the next John Cooper, right? The guy that kind of comes out of nowhere, fast tracks himself to the NHL, and then he's your head coach for 10-plus for years and a couple Stanley Cups. Um, but um, you know, easier said than done, safe so to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Darren Haynes, along with us, covering the Calgary Flames for the Canadian Press, talking all things Ryan Huska after his hiring yesterday as the 24th head coach. In Calgary Flames history. Uh, immediately, the conversation shifts now to, to what does the staff look like for Ryan Huska? Um, what can you see uh, as being valuable assets to, to Ryan going forward? We know he ran the PK and the defensive side of things you know, over the last couple of years for this team, and now as a head coach, he'll be asked to expand that to all areas, but uh, out of the names that we've heard, out of the different you know sort of types of coaches that we've heard, what can you see as as being valuable assets to Ryan when it comes to filling out his staff over the next couple of weeks?
2: Well, that's a great question. I actually was was a bit surprised. I, I will say that that it was kind of a Ryan Huska and a to be determined when it came to that assistant coaching job, because I that goes back to Conroy for me. I always thought the hardest thing for Craig Conroy in this role because of the guy and the infectious personality he is and he likes everybody is to not just bring all the players back and bring all the coaches back. And and so that that was actually a, a surprise, uh, that that they that it's kind of like they're almost like, okay, what does this staff look like? And there may be there may be some of the old that end up coming back. Uh, but but that they kind of left it open here. So so what is he looking for? Well, you know I would think uh, you know the first thing is let's look as a parallel to the to what did Craig Conroy do uh, or what did Don Maloney do? You know bring in a guy like Dave Nonis, right? So so what does Nonis bring that Conroy doesn't have? Well, he has that that experience around a contrast and a lot of lot of history there. So I can see Ryan Huska as now a first-year head coach in the NHL, bringing in a veteran, a guy that does have a little bit more experience, and someone that might be able to see things differently. I think you often, you, you know, you, coaches. It sounds maybe um, and counterintuitive, but they actually like. Uh, to have guys that aren't afraid to challenge them with maybe alternate views on on, on how to approach different situations. That, that's what makes you strong if you kind of have a variety of perspectives. So I don't think Ryan Huska is looking for someone that's exactly like him. He's going to look for someone that's a little bit different from him, probably a little bit more experienced. And so that will be one piece. Now, is that a guy that's coaching the defense? Is that a guy that's coaching the forwards? I mean, I think it's, we'll see where that falls in. Um, I think, obviously, this this team has struggled. Um, you know, the power plant is great, right? So so that's an area where, you know, you certainly, how can you not think about names when you hear like Alex Tangate, right? And and then how, how, you know, you, you just immediately associate him with, a guy that you would think would be able to maybe teach something like that. So, so someone that can kind of run with the power play, I think that may need a fresh look. And, um, and so I think that's another piece that I would expect it maybe some turnover there and, and someone new to, to be put in charge of the power play. And, and then I guess we'll see on, on some of the other capacities, you know, wow. uh, whether they bring in someone new to work with the goaltenders, um, um, may not hurt, but, um, you know, again, wait and see. But I think kind of a veteran, someone definitely to, to work on the power play, those are kind of the, the needs. And in terms of names, again, I, I don't really know. Like, you, you were, I'm hearing the same names as you are. Yeah. Kind of we'll wait and see on that. But And also, obviously, a little bit interested just to see if, if, if Mitch Love sees this as maybe an opportunity to get some NHL experience because I think he would be a great add. He's got that familiarity with some of the younger guys that they're going to be trying to integrate into the line. So there would be a, a great fit there, I think, for Mitch Love on this staff if he feels that's the right move for him. But I think that, that it sounds like the ball's in his court because this organization, as as most organizations, you, you expect them to be uh, pretty open to guys chasing other opportunities if better opportunities come along. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens on the up
0: front. Uh, just a couple more for you, Darren. Really appreciate the time this afternoon. Uh, two big names circling around the Calgary Flames right now. Uh, for different reasons uh, from NHL insiders and then in one from, you know, we know going back to locker room cleanout day, that's Elias Lindholm and, and Noah Hannafin. Hannafin's name's sort of been out there the last couple of days from Friedman and others just due to a lack of, of a market for defensemen out there. The Columbus Blue Jackets have poached two names already off of the you know the defensive board out there. It's not the greatest free agent class. And obviously when you have as many pending UFAs next year as Craig Conroy does, Uh, teams are going to look towards that and see what's there so Hannafin's name's been out there and we've wondered about Elias Lindholm really since we heard from him last and was sort of very non-committal on his time you know going forward in Calgary we don't know how that's changed Ryan said that he spoke to Elias yesterday and Craig made sure to to make sure that we all knew that he was a priority and wanted to know what was going on with the head coaching position totally understand that but when you look at those two names and, and the importance that they've been to the team over the last couple of years, Darren, is it fair to say in your mind that what happens with those two over the next couple of months could really define Craig Conroy's first summer as the Flames GM?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's fair um, because cause those guys, you know, there are some bigger names out there. are not some bigger names. There are some some, some other big names out there, obviously, and like Toffoli and, and Michael Backlund. But, but Lindholm's 28, Hannifin's 26. These guys are, you know, we were talking about a top pairing, top four, wherever you want to slot Hannafin in there. He's, he's, he's a he's a solid, a really solid, proven NHL defenseman who's still very, very right there in his prime, right? And And Lindholm same thing right 28 is not old 28 is is right there so so these are two really key pieces number one center a real top defenseman and so yeah so so what are you going to do with those pieces like are they uh, there's so much commitment you've heard both from conroy and um yeah just in terms of of lindholm and and how much he would mean i would be surprised if, if they aren't able to kind of get him back on side. And, and I think he's a piece that this team should be building around, to be honest, if, if he wants to stay. But if he doesn't, yeah, then that really <laughs> sets off some work for, for the GM. As for Hannafin, you know, it's been interesting since since that uh, came up a couple of days. There's there's certainly lots of viewpoints on that. Um, they have they have to the, – think about the blue line, right? Weger, Anderson, and end of list – like that's who's under contract for 2024, 2025, yeah. which isn't very far away. So, so, so I, you're not going to make wholesale changes. Like somebody's coming back. Hannifin would make the most sense because uh, of his age and, and 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 what he brings to the table in terms of PK and power play and 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 puck moving and speed and you know all those things that are that they'll need and, and are part of this game. Um, so, so we'll see. Like, where's Han at though? And that's this is the homework assignment where Craig Conroy is to meet with every one of those guys and really figure out where they're at. Because we heard from from Craig when he got hired, and that how rattled he was with the, when the way the Goudreau situation played out, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that he is going to want to either have those guys extended or those guys maybe. Trade this offseason and not in between because it's going to be really hard for a team contending to make a trade of a key player once you get to the trade deadline next year so to avoid that kind of thing it, this could be a real busy summer whether it's guys putting pen on paper or whether they're being dropped off at the airport
0: lots to uh to get to and it feels like it's it's been busy already going from uh, a couple weeks ago when brad living and daryl sutter were still here and now it's transition and it's Conroy and now we know Huska going forward. Uh, really looking forward to what should be a fun summer. Darren. Thanks as always for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, have yourself a great couple of days here. We'll chat. I'm sure sometime again, when we get some flames news down the road, man.
2: Yeah. Well, probably some Monday coming up. <laughs> exactly. <morning.
0: laughs> thanks, Darren. Appreciate away. it, man. All right. Bye. Take care. Darren Haynes joining us down at the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline. He covers the Calgary flames for the Canadian press, A uh, regular at the Scotiabank sandal dome in the flames locker room. Uh, bringing you the latest on the Calgary Flames and uh, discussing yesterday's news. Ryan Huska, 24th head coach in Calgary Flames history and still a big summer to come for Craig Conroy and the team as we're kind of shifting away from that front office and off-ice stuff. We'll still have assistant coaches. You know, Pat still talked about uh, we're expecting, you know, still to see Jerome McGinley, uh joining this organization in some shape or form over the next couple of weeks. So we're not done with that yet, but it really feels like now Next couple of weeks coming here, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of players that need contracts, players that uh, we're talking about just there with Darren. If you're not going to sign up long term in Calgary, Craig Conroy made the proclamation that he's not willing to go down a Johnny Gaudreau situation again, where they can walk for nothing at the end uh, of their contract. And that, if that's the case, if that's if he's true to his word, and I have no reason to believe that he isn't it's going to be a really fascinating off season because you're going to see either a lot of guys commit to this team and shape the future going forward, or you're going to see uh, a lot of guys on their way out and that'll shape the future uh, in its own way going forward as well. So uh, thanks to Darren for joining us once again, uh, down the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline that wraps up a busy hour one on the program, full of NHL news and uh Husker reaction on the program coming up in hour two. We'll switch things over uh, chat a little bit of CFL to kick things off with John Hodge after week one wrapped up on Sunday. Stan Peters will kick off the week again this week as they're in Ottawa getting to take on the Red Blacks. So we'll talk to him uh, about some week one storylines across the CFL. Plus, we got a WPCA report coming for you uh, in hour two. So lots still to get to. Thanks for tuning in. Hour two kicks off in just moments right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.